I longed to throw them out, but how could I get rid of something that felt oddly like grace? Marie Howe. Shauna Ritter is a writer and educator. A longtime Bloomington resident, she is originally from New York. Shauna has been a three-time recipient of the Indiana Arts Commission Individual Writing Grant, and her new book, Stairs of Separation, can be found through Finishing Line Press. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey. Shauna, what poems have you brought today? Thanks, Romaine. I've brought three uh, very new poems from the Letters Project. This is a project based on an exchange of letters during World War II between my parents. String. In the time when string was a precious commodity, it bundled letters written nightly. Each day, love recorded and sent. A phrase repeated, a signature claimed, paper folded, envelope sealed. The mail carried a textile love, the scent of fingertips, a strand of hair, a child's scribble, something to be touched and held onto. I can't help but wonder, in this virtual world of quick calls, abbreviated text, scanned status updates, if love itself has lost its weight. The promise of enduring, the tangibility of being wrapped in a string, bundled and stored, as if it really could be safely kept. Recording. They sent letters. Did you know they sent records to each other during World War II? Um, they made records in heavy vinyl in Little Records Shop, and this poem is about one of those records. Recording. In the back of the shop on the Grand Concourse in the Bronx is a small recording studio where for a dollar you can sit in a sound booth, lean into a mic, and record your voice. Pressed into vinyl, you can send it anywhere a message, a story, a secret. Repeat it, play it, again and again, until the grooves are worn and each time the needle catches on, I miss you. The mail. She waited on Monday until just past noon, until the baby had had his breakfast and his nap, until after her neighbor had come for morning coffee, until she was sure the mailman would have emptied his sack and parceled out the letters into the rows of waiting mailboxes. With the baby left contentedly next door and the little brass key already clutched between thumb and index fingers, she entered the mailroom and opened the door to her mailbox, and when the key turned, two letters fell to the floor. In all, there were five from him, one from her brother, and another two from his sister and brother, a bonanza of news. It had been five days since the last letter, a long time for him. He wrote most every day, but sometimes the letters would be held up by censors, by lethargy of the sea, by bureaucracy, by the weightiness of days spent separately. She decided she'd wait until the baby went down for his afternoon nap and then sit and read all of them through, then read them again one by one after he went to sleep that night. She'd turn off the radio so only words sounding would emerge from those thin little envelopes. For now, she put the letters in the pocket of the apron she'd left on when she'd come down to check the mail. 
It's not that she was lonely. There were the neighbors, her friends, her son. But the letters were different. If you untwisted the threads that made the paper, that carried the words, if you untwisted the threads and stretched them, they would touch the fingers of the one who wrote them, almost like a kiss, language, brushing, lips. You've been listening to Shauna Ritter on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey. What's the letters project? Um, I, another grant from uh, Indiana Arts Commission. I'm very grateful to them to um, research the time period of the 1940s in order to be able to write about a series of letters between my parents during World War II. My um, parents were young parents at that time. My oldest brother would have been about two, and my father was a late draftee into the Army stationed uh, on Oahu, Hawaii. And they wrote, as did many people, every night to each other for two years, every single night. And I just found that incredible. My brother found the letters and told me, and that's when I wrote the grant. I said, oh, my gosh, I've got to get into these. So I've been rereading all the letters, but then also trying to piece together what life was like on the home front uh, for my mom as a young mother um, in 1944 and 1945. And to get a better understanding of that time, I realize how much we don't know. We know the broad strokes of World War II, but we know very little about what went on. And both my uncles were on the front lines, and I have letters from them as well. What I'm amazed about is the letters are all about the ordinary. They rarely talk about the war. They rarely talk about what they're seeing or you know, the great fight for justice or um, no mention hardly made of the camps. There's one were one line by, by my mom that says, I can't listen to the news because of the atrocities. That's almost it. And thinking that their families are over there, but there's very little said about it. They talk about what they ate for dinner, uh, what they could buy or couldn't buy, um, who was visiting or not visiting, um, whether they whether what they'd have for Passover Seder, um, or what they'd wear for Easter, which surprised me very much. We never grew up I'm very much from a Jewish household. We never secularly Jewish, but we never grew up um, celebrating anything other than Jewish holidays. But my mom mentions, you know, getting a new outfit for Easter, and so it's the ordinary that is captured in these. And I think I expected to find something different, some great secrets. What I did find was that my parents really, really, really loved each other and maybe that's the extraordinary.